0: Um, All right, so let's get into some word this morning. Amen. 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 Come on. Nice to be a church that's on the move, There, It's doing stuff. Come on. (laughs) Um, All right, Bibles. I, I want to talk this morning about the royal priesthood that we are as the body of Christ. There's a wonderful scripture in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. I know you know this one. I know you know this one. Can we read it together? It says, but you are... You are a royal priesthood. Oh, sorry. Okay, let's start again. I confuse you. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We know the scripture here. It's awesome. Father, we thank you for grace on your word this morning. All of you, none of me, Dad, look to your anointing this morning to just bring this to us and shape us this morning as a body. May it define us, Lord, your word. May it really shape us, Lord. May we accept it in the deepest parts. And and may it change, transform the way we think about ourselves and what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. So, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Why don't you nudge the person next to you and say, I'm royalty, baby. I'm royalty. <laughs> so, tomorrow is Heritage Day, and um, it's really the day that we, as South Africans, celebrate the heritage, the, the multi-varied heritages that we come from, um, all the, the different cultures and families that we come from, the different tribes we come from. So it's really a day just, you know, it's, it's much more than just brying and putting on your cool outfits. It's, it's about celebrating who we are as a people. And, and I praise God we have a day like that. It's good. It's a wonderful opportunity for us to just celebrate cultures and, and celebrate those who've gone before us. Um, but I was just thinking about, you know, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about my own culture and one thing that I, I have, I'm if if you don't know, I'm a, I'm a Sanderman, all right, that's my surname. And um and and I don't I, I'm not I'm not quite sure. There's there's a lot of mixed cultures that I come from, like Scottish and and Dutch and English and I don't know, some some other nations, okay, up there, up north. And I actually have a book called the Sandman genealogy book and i can trace my genealogy for a a good couple hundred years even to the the 12th century where my my name originated and so it's all been documented and we can see all the family lines and i can i know who my great 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 granddad is actually cuz it's all in a book and when i got the book from my dad i was like I was quite amazed. I was like, we even have like a family crest, you know, and I was like, wow, this is cool. And interesting in the crest is like a whole lot of scripture and it's all Bible and it's like, so I'm thinking, wow, there were like, there were some godly people in my lineage. This is amazing. So I was looking through this book and I, when I received it from my dad, I was quite proud. Like to get this and to, to have this, and I, and I and I started like feeling like you know what I'm I'm from some good stock here, <laughs> and uh, and and then God reminded me and said, Wayne, you've been born again, and you're from much better stock than anything that you'll find in that book. You're from you're from me. When when you got born again, you entered into my family. And you became my son. And you trace your lineage not to the bloods or to the will of man, but according to God, directly to God. And when I thought about that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a lot better. (laughs) And I'm grateful that somebody put a book together and I can celebrate my culture and stuff that I come from. But actually, we as Christians, we don't trace our lineage and our genealogy back to man. We trace it back to God. That's what Jesus said, and that's what he meant when he said, you will be born again. You must be born again to receive the kingdom of heaven. That when you are born again, you literally get born into a new family where you can call God your father. And his divine DNA comes into you, and everything that he is is being transformed Ported and transfused into the life of who you are. That as you gaze into the word of God, and as you allow the spirit of God to work in your life, you become more and more into the image of his lineage and what he's trying to create. And if we want to know what that looks like in mankind, we just look at Jesus. Jesus is our, is, <laughs> we trace our lineage to Jesus. Jesus is our big brother, if you like. That's what the scriptures call him. And we look to him and we go, that's what God is creating, that's our family tree that we come from now. And so my home country is not Scotland or Jutland or Holland or anything like that. My home country is heaven. It's much better than any place on this earth. And the Bible says that I'm a pilgrim here on earth. I'm a pilgrim. That my roots and my the place where I am I'm anchored and where I come from is actually a heavenly place. My family is a heavenly place. Is there, the, my family is God, the creator of the universe himself. And it's, God has redeemed us from temporal, earthly, passing away things. And he's grafted us into his own lineage, into something that is eternal, something that cannot be corrupted. Everything in this world is passing away and falling away and losing. But God has saved us from this world system. And he has plugged us into his family, into his country, into his lineage and everything. And you know what I find is is we as Christians, we need to embrace that. We need to embrace that. We need to learn about... What God has actually rescued us from and what He's rescued us to, and we need to start walking in the identity that He's now given us. Can someone say amen to that? We, we are pilgrims on this earth. We, we, we are, we are not to conform to the pattern of this world anymore. We are called to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We are, if you like, a new species on earth. We are a born-again species of creatures. You know, when, when, when Jesus went to the cross and he paid the price for sin, the Bible says that the veil was torn in two. And then 50 days after that, the heavens were rendered and the Holy Spirit of God came and fell upon the church. And, the, and we were creating almost a new new human new species on this earth. And the earth shook. (laughs) And the earth has never been the same again because there are a new people on this earth who don't define themselves according to male and female or black or white or, or Indian or Scottish or Zimbabwean, but they are the people of heaven. And they are the people who build the kingdom of heaven on earth. They find their allegiance to God first. Before culture, before family, before anything else, they align themselves to Jesus first. Amen. Guys, this is radical. This is a revolution. That's why Jesus said, I, you know, don't think that, it, that what I've come to bring will just create aut- automatic peace. What I've come to bring will actually divide families and cause chaos. There will be, there will be, what, what are you a Christian? Get out of the house. People getting kicked out of the house because they choose to follow Jesus. In fact, these people that Peter was writing to were people that were severely persecuted and scattered for one reason. They were rejected by their friends, rejected by their families. They lost their jobs. They were scattered over the Roman Empire because they chose to follow Jesus. Because they aligned firstly with him. And what we see is a pattern in scripture is that, you know, or, or f- from, from the early church onwards, is we see people who just, who live as if they don't belong here anymore. They give them, they give their lives to nations. You have like one culture, you have, you have examples throughout history where you have like St. Patrick, all right, and, and, and various other people who, they came from a culture that, that despised another culture because they were oppressed by that culture, yet they left their culture to the culture that their culture despised and gave themselves as a love offering to those people. Where do you see that? Who does that? People who have their allegiance rooted not in anything of this world, but who have their allegiance to heaven and to heaven's throne. And these people that were scattered all over the world, um, Peter's writing to them. And he's saying to them, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I bet they didn't feel chosen in that moment. <laughs> I didn't think they felt pretty royal or, or holy or special at all in that moment. They were, they were persecuted. They were rejected. But Peter was reminding them of what Christ had done in their lives. And he's saying, even if this world is rejecting you, even if this world is not accepting you, even if things are a bit chaotic right now, understand that you have been chosen. Understand that you have, you belong somewhere. You have a, you're part of a holy nation and it's not off this world. You are now a royal priesthood unto God. You're, 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 you're in the world, but you're not off this world anymore. And he was speaking into their identity, reminding them who they were. Why? Well, because identity is, is what keeps you when times are tough. Yeah? knowing who you are and what God has called you to do is, is what enables you to stand when when things are just not working out. Who knows what I'm talking about? Things are not working out. You don't know, but you know God. You know He's called you. You know He's for you. Identity is what keeps you. But also, not, not only that, identity is also the thing that propels you into your destiny. Identity precedes destiny. Identity... Who you think you are is what you become. As a man thinks in his heart, Proverbs says, so is, so is he. And so we have many Christians walking around today, their identity being rooted into temporal things and therefore not walking into the destiny that God has for them. But we've got to be the Christians who have our identity firmly rooted in who God has called us to be. We need scriptures like this, man. We need to look at that and go remind ourselves, that's who we are. That's what we're called to do with our lives. That we're not, we're not aiming here, but we're aiming there. Amen, people? Are you with me this morning? It's kind of a quiet. Okay. All right. Just checking you. You're all there, huh? Okay. Um, so we are, we are called, we are a chosen generation. The scripture's building our identity and it, and he says there, You're a royal priesthood. Now we know the scripture and we like the scripture, amen? Because we like the royal part, eh? <laughs> we are royal priesthood, we're royalty. But do we know what this identity means? You know, what, what does it mean that, that when we talk about being a royal priesthood this morning? I want to just focus in on that this morning. I want to just kind of like highlight that, that little phrase there, royal priesthood. And I want us just to unpack it this morning because as we unpack it, we start to see who we are. As we start to see who we are, we get strength to stand in what we're going through. As we see who we are, we get the ability to step into our destiny. It starts to define our identity and our identity then starts to speak into our destiny and purpose. So I want us to look at that phrase this morning, the royal priesthood, and I want us to go, what does that actually mean? What does it mean that we are a royal priesthood this morning? And then we're going to look at it real practical um, so so you can, you can see what it is God has called us to be. So I'm going to start Revelation 5.10. Revelation 5.10, it says, You have made them to be kings and priests to serve our God, and they shall reign on the earth. The book of the Revelation, five and verse ten. Can you read that this morning? You have made them. He's made us to be kings and priests. That's royal priesthood. The royalty speaks about kingship, right? God has made us kings and priests to serve our God. So notice He didn't just make us kings and priests just so that we could have like the title, <laughs> okay? Um, he made us so why? So that so that we can serve God, okay? So these these are really offices that He's called us to for the purpose of actually serving him. And I want us just to examine just wh- what it means. What is the priesthood and what is the kingship that we need to carry? So we see, we see two identities here, kingly identity and a priestly identity. What is the priestly identity? Well, the priestly identity talks about facing toward God and his people. And the kingship that we carry talks about towards is our role towards the world and taking God's dominion in the world. So we see there's two aspects to our identity of who we are as this chosen generation is that we're called to be priests which means we we've turned unto God and to his people and we're called to be kings on the earth which means we're facing outwards looking at the world how we can take dominion in the world. And it's important that as a church we function as both priests and kings. It's so important that we 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 understand both these roles because they've been so perverted over the over the generations and in various cultures around the world these two roles have been have been butchered and we don't really understand them and I want you to understand them this morning that this is what God has called you to. He's called you to be a priest and to be a king. Not somebody next to you and say you're a priest. You're a priest. Nudge the other, turn to the person behind you and say, you're a king. Or a king <laughs> I want you to know, you know, where, where I grew up, I, I grew up in, in a, in a church where there was a priest. And then there was everybody else. Um, and that, that's quite common in Christianity, is that we have, um, even, even in evangelical realms where, where leaders in the church or pastors are called, are understood to be the priests or carry the priestly role. And then, you know, the businessmen are the kings in the church. But when we look at scripture, what's very interesting, and we must grasp this this morning, is that whenever in the New Testament it talks about priest, go check wherever the word priest is used in the new testament it never ever refers to a leadership position in the church it never refers to as a leader or a a leader is never called a priest in the church it only uses the word priest when it talks about every believer in the body of christ which means that every person is a priest if you're in christ you're a priest He's made you to be a priest. Now, some of us are like, yeah, I like the king one. <laughs> that one, uh, you know, the pre. yeah, that's, I have to wear a robe and I got to do the hat or I've got to, what do I, what do I, the incense, what do, what do I do with that whole thing? I can do the king, you know, I know what kings do. I like what kings do. do, I do? You've been made both priest and you've been made king. You've been made both priest, I'm going to say it, and king. This is your identity in Christ. When you received Christ, you were made into a new person, both priest and, and king. Two roles that God has given you, just by virtue of his spirit living in you, that you are both priest and king. And it's amazing. How what we, what we see, even in the Old Testament, there's a scripture I have for you. Can you go to Exodus 19? Thanks, Noku. Married woman now. <laughs> Wonderful to have you guys back after honeymoon. Can we just give them a hand? Let's read the scripture together, okay? It says, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my Come on. And a holy nation. Now, this is God, all right, speaking with Moses, taking the Israelites out of Egypt. This is like the salvation moment. For them as a people. So they're coming out of Egypt, and what is he doing? He's already speaking identity into them, telling them who they are to him, okay? Because identity is so critical, so important. And his heart was what? That there would be a kingdom of priests unto him. But you know how the people responded in the next chapter in Exodus 20? When they saw God coming down on the mountain, and there was smoke and fire, and Moses was ascending up to the mountain, you know what all the people said? Yeah, Moses, you go, and then just tell us, we will be right here, you go, and you tell us everything, you, you be our go between, you be the priest, and we will talk to God through you and God will talk to us through you. And because they rejected God, God then established a priesthood in order to do that job. But I want you to know that that was never his first choice. And now in Christ, he doesn't he doesn't actually make any more allowances. In Christ, he's like it's done. I'm not making like now a special plan because you didn't like plan A. It's This is the plan. End of story. You either get in it or you get out of it. End of story. It's Jesus has done it, okay? So his heart with Christ now is that, is that we too would be a kingdom of priests. And it's amazing how even in the New Testament we reject that. Just like they did. Because we want our, our priest. Our, our person who will, our pastor who will tell us what God says and, and, and pray to God for us if we need the prayer but I'll never take the responsibility for building my own personal intimate relationship with God and learn how to put on that priestly identity and enter into his presence and come boldly before that throne of grace to find help in time of need and have that incredible relationship where it says Daniel or it says in Daniel that they will know their God and they will do exploits it's amazing how we want that, that Old Testament thing even now in the New Testament. I speak to Christians all the time who, 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 who relate to God through their minister. Never ever reading their own Bible, just taking whatever that person says. Just taking whatever that person, never taking responsibility for their own personal spiritual development. You know what happened to that generation? They backslid and they never entered their destiny. Whenever you delegate your personal priesthood to somebody else and make it somebody else's responsibility, what always follows is backsliding and you don't enter your destiny and your purpose. Identity precedes destiny. You have to embrace who God has made us to be. We have to embrace that. We're a priesthood. You can know God. You can talk with God. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all believers. Jesus said, greater things shall you do because I go to the Father. What made David such a great king? King? The role of king? But he had no problem putting on the, 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 the ephod and hearing God for himself. God spoke to him through the priests and the prophets a good few times. But they're not as many times as he, God just spoke directly to David. There were times where he would take the priestly garment and he would put it on and he would say, Lord... And Lord would speak. Why? Because God wanted that. That's what God wanted. He wants to have directness with us. Come straight to us, you know. He doesn't want to limit this thing. He doesn't want to bottleneck the Christian church just to a man with the power for the hour. He doesn't want to do that. We're supposed to be the priesthood of believers, people. Accessing God. Talking with God. Hearing from God. Ministering unto God. Ministering unto man on behalf of God, you know. That's, that's what we should be, a priesthood. Amen? So, the role of church leadership, interesting, is, is when, when we look at church leadership now in the New Testament, it says in Ephesians 4.11 that he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. What for? For the equipping of who? Who the saints. Nudge somebody next to you and say you're a priest and a saint. You know what? This is this is so important. This is so important that you get this. When I was on campus, we we, there was at the at the student union there was like Thursday nights was pigs night, which means like like every every alcohol all alcohol was like half price or something. They called it pigs night, and everybody would go, and Behave like pigs. <laughs> at the end of the day, who you think you are is what you become. It's what you become. You need to know when you, when the Bible says that you're a saint and a priest, and you own that thing, it changes your life. Sin is not as you're not. You know the world is constantly barraging our young people with this image of it's cool to be lewd and 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 it's cool to be lascivious and loose and. And and like this, and so this is—it's what it's saying—is this is who you are, this is who you are, and they go, okay, this is who I am, and then they reproduce, and they're just plugged into the wrong thing. God is like, no, 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 plug in here. This is who you are, and as you plug in here, this is what you become. You begin to live a life that's fruitful, and you step into your destiny and your purpose and your calling. So we, so the role of of, of church leadership. In the New Testament, is to equip the saints to do what? For the works of ministry. What is ministry? That's a good question, eh? I got you. <laughs> You're like, oh, what is ministry? What is, your ministry is to be a priest and to be a king. The role of fivefold ministry is to equip you to be. To walk in your priestly service unto God. Your priestly ministry. It's to equip you to walk in your kingly ministry unto God. That's why I'm so grateful we have Andre Navasha leading this marketplace ministry. What is it focusing on? It's focusing on the kingship role that we need to play. How we need to take dominion in the world. How we need to bring the order, uh, bring the Godly order to our world And the kingdom of God to where we are it's, it's about, it's actually shaping Our identity, helping us know who we are That we're actually world changers Man, Amen. that we're world changers Man, that God has given us a kingdom And we can go and build that kingdom on the earth It's all identity That's happening, so the, the role of church Is to equip the saints For the work of Being a priest and being a king Alright So Are you all still with me? It's not too deep for Sunday morning? Okay. So, what is that? Let's just talk about our priestly identity. Our priestly identity talks about our ability to pray, to intercede, to prophesy. Oh, can I prophesy? You have the Spirit of God in you. You can prophesy, man. You can prophesy. Don't ever go, this is reserved for the chosen few. The Bible says this, we're teaching this in BFC this week, is that you need faith and desire when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. Faith and desire. It never says you can have this one or this one and this one or because you're this guy or you can only have that one and no, no, no. It says faith and desire and they, and you can walk in the gifts. Okay. So we are to prophesy over our business, over our family, over our spouse, and over our children. We are to prophesy over our city. We are to prophesy over our neighborhoods. We are to prophesy over our bodies and over our future. We are called to be a prophetic people because we are a priesthood unto God. And this is what priestly people do. They prophesy, man. They speak the, the life of God. They speak the will and the way of God. They, they speak to things that aren't as though they should be. They speak to the campuses and they prophesy life over them and salvation over them. They speak to the government and the order of our day and they prophesy life and and righteousness to come to our government. We are the priesthood of God. As we walk our streets, as we go to our jobs, we are priests who can exercise the prophetic. We can exercise intercession. We can exercise the spirit and the presence of God over the world that we minister to every day. Every day, that's what we, we call to that. Healing, we call to heal the brokenhearted, heal the sick. Discipleship, raise others up who are baby Christians and teach them how to live this thing and walk this thing out. So it's all that priestly role. It talks about everything that really makes the church, all the activity that makes the church run so that we can then walk in this identity. Okay, that's, that's our priestly identity. What is our, our kingly identity? This is our leadership, our mandate to exercise dominion and build the kingdom of God on earth. It's about transforming society, business, government to obey God. Sunday, Adelijah said this. I have this quote. Your job is not just a job. It's a platform God has given you to change society. It is not about your salary, but about promoting the kingdom of God. You were created for this to win the earth back to God piece by piece. This is what you were made for, people. This is why we have Advanced Leadership School, where we're we we just we're going into this in detail. We're doing case studies of how we are called to be world changers, how God has designed us. Why? Because we need to get this into us. We need to understand who we are. We need to embrace who we are in Christ. And as we do that, we start to see everything around us change. If you're a school teacher, if you're an accountant or whatever, you have been given that position so that you can bring God's kingdom to that area. Can someone say amen? But first things first, it's first priestly and then kingship. In other words, if you just go for kingship or if if you abandon your, your priestly role, then you'll never be a good good king in the world. You can never be... When Adam lost his priesthood, he lost his kingship as well. So, in order to be a good king, we have to be good priests as well. Now, I thought of... Just like a really... You know me, I like to make things really practical. So, what I want to do is this morning, just like... over Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk a lot about... The, the kingly role actually for the next three Sundays so we have Carabo preaching next week then we've got Sam preaching and then, we, then we've got Pastor Jan Nell coming and he's going to be preaching and we're going to be talking about our kingly role and how God's called us into the marketplace so we go, and then we, it's kind of like a build up to this marketplace event that's happening so we're going to be focusing on that so I just want to take a little bit of a moment this morning and just emphasize the priestly role so <clears throat> out of the middle here Can I have a reader? Can you guys choose a reader for me? All right. And then can you guys over here give me three volunteers with good memories? Come on. Come on. Three volunteers with good memories up here in the front. Who's your reader? Come on. And you guys over here, you're going to be in competition against those guys. Okay. I need three people who have got good memories to come up to the front. you got to remember stuff. Okay. Three volunteer, make some volunteer and get some people up here. I want three people up here who have got good memories. All right, where are the people? Where are the people? Okay. You send the the PhD students. Okay. All right. Hey, you guys beware. You got PhDs this side. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Where's our reader on this side? No, no. You, are you the reader? Yes. Okay. You don't need. That. No. I'm just. They are in competition with them, not you. You. You're on your own. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay. We've got. We've got two. We need one more person up there with a good memory. We need two more people. Yeah. People. What? Has no one got a good memory in this place? Okay. All right, reader. You can. You can take a seat, reader. Okay. I'm going to give you the microphone. No. Okay. Well wherever, all right. Um, Okay, so, now you guys are in competition, okay, against these guys over here, all right? And you guys can just chill, all right? (laughs) Please don't let him call me up for anything, Jesus. Um, You're really taking your priesthood on now, hey? Um, (laughs) In this church, they send you out in taxis, They get you in the front, (laughs) It's wild, man. Okay, so we're going to read a story. Our reader is going to read a story. And and you guys over here need to remember every person's name in the story. Okay? So think about that. You're going to have to remember all the people in the story. You guys over here are going to have to remember all the different ministries in the story. Okay, so like, for example, you will see a youth ministry mentioned. Okay, so now, your role is to remember all the different types of ministries that were there. Okay? So, AV, are you, are you guys ready? Just have a little team talk on how you're gonna do it. Team talk? You, that you don't need a team talk. (laughs) These these guys are, they've got it. Alright. So, you ready to go? Come, come stand over here. Oh, they, they these guys are really teaming. Come, come, stand over here so you can see the screen, right here. You guys, come on, come and stand over here. Come, come, stand over here. I, I, I see your strategy. You're smart, eh? Okay. All right, reader. <clears throat> All right, reader. Let's let's go for it. Av, yeah. Let's let's read.
1: Okay, yes. Josephine, a single woman who has three children, lives in our city and does not yet know the Lord. She struggles to provide for her kids and works very hard to keep them all in school. One evening, whilst trying to make dinner and do homework with the kids, there is a knock on her door from one of her neighbors, Mbali. Mbali attends our church and has been praying for Josephine as one of her just ones for some time. She came to drop off some food for Josephine and invites her to a connect group which meets in the same apartment block. Josephine decides to go to the connect group and then there is a time of prayer she asks, oh, and then, oh sorry, and when there is a time for prayer, she asks for prayer for her injured knee. One of the members of the connect group, Gugu, lays lays hands on her knee and prays a prayer of faith. Josephine is instantly healed and subsequently gives her life to the Lord. Another member of the Connect Group, Ayanda, invites Josephine's two teenagers to the youth ministry on Friday nights. They also end up giving their lives to the Lord. When Josephine comes to church with her children, she is welcomed enthusiastically by the hospitality team, and immediately Pumela from Kids Ministry helps assign in her younger child to the children's ministry. Josephine encounters God in the worship ministry and responds to an altar call for prayer ministry. One of the leaders in church, Carol, prays for her, and she receives deep inner healing from the prayer. Benina, from the single moms ministry, invites Josephine to come for a meeting where single moms can talk and help each other. She goes and makes many new friends who face familiar challenge, similar challenges to her. She realizes that her oldest son has been struggling with the divorce they went through, and so she signs him up for the men's ministry meeting. At the meeting, her son receives prayer and connects with Magabongwe, <clears throat> a young man who starts to ah. disciple. <laughs> ah. yeah, <man. clears throat> a young man who starts to disciple him and takes him through a recovery group where his addiction to cigarettes is broken. Josephine now attends connect group regularly, and one evening, after learning about the Holy Spirit, she is baptized in the Holy Spirit and feels the need to be baptized in water. The Kene group organizes a water baptism and her whole family is baptized in water. Her unsaved friends who attend the baptism also give their lives to the Lord based on the change they see in Josephine. Having a strong desire to start her own business, Josephine decides to attend the marketplace Marketplace Ministry meeting where she receives financial advice from Peter, one of the leaders in that ministry. She learns many kingdom principles for finance and starts to implement them in her life. Mark prophesies over her in one of the meetings that she will start her own business. After some time and receiving more godly counsel and prophetic confirmation, she eventually starts her own business. Her son finishes high school and begins attending the local university, where he gets plugged into the church's campus ministry. He becomes a connect group leader on campus, actively discipling other men. Josephine's life has been radically changed by the power of God. There are numerous changes in her life as she and her kids go through the church growth plan, and eventually she becomes a strong leader in the church, taking over the single moms ministry, whilst leading her own connect group, which is winning more souls to the Lord. Which is winning more souls to the Lord. Full stop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dan, Okay. So here's the test now. We'll start over here with you guys. Take, Take this off, A.V. Yeah. All right. So... Let's, let's go. How many people do you remember? Okay.
1: Keep going. And Carol. Uh huh. And there's Peter and Mark.
0: Yo, give him a hand! <laughs> Alright, let's go over here. Let's go on the side. Let's, how many ministries were there?
1: Okay. So it's youth, campus, okay. men's, single moms, hospitality, marketplace, outreach ministries, prayer ministries, a recovery group, that's one of them, yep. a water baptism, yep. connect groups, intercession,
0: Yeah, there's just one more, I think, because you jumped all over the place. I think there's
1: Uh, children's ministry.
0: Okay, that was the yeah you youth ministry.
1: Did we mention youth ministry? Yeah. Campus. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, I think these guys are our winners. They, there's still one missing: worship ministry. Worship ministry, okay, well done, take your seats. (laughs) Now, (laughs) these are our winners, come and give those guys a hand, well done, and them, they did well besides, just one missing, okay, just one missing. Um, When we work as a team, Uh, could we have done that alone? I don't know, Uh, working together as a team is what helps. So I want you to see from this this example here how many different people and how many different ministries were involved in this woman's life. Isn't that incredible? I want to say, people, that's what church should be. Where we don't build the church around one ministry, like a teaching ministry. But where we all understand that we have a priestly role that we have a priestly function, okay? And that we embrace that identity and we find our place within the body and we minister the gift of God on our lives to serve the body so that the body can be built up. That's what a good, healthy church looks like. At the end of the day, it took an entire community of multi-gifted, multi-talented, different types of people in order to Just nurture one family into a place where the kingdom of God was now impacting them and changing the future generations. Let me say, I don't think there's a better picture of what God has called us to be as every nation Durban. Whether we meet on the campus or we meet here, this is what we this is what we're about as a church. Where there's the the saints are doing the work of ministry and we each find our place and take our role. And this is happening. You know, I was so encouraged on Thursday night in the BFC class. William was just sharing his testimony of how he he joined us a couple weeks ago. And he was so welcomed and so encouraged by so many people. And he found a friend immediately. And then he signed up for BFC. And he's never, ever heard this stuff before. And then on Thursday night, he received a prophetic word over his life that was like defining for him. So defining, like like he had been questioning so many things, and and God spoke into his life um, on Tuesday and Thursday night. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit on Tuesday night. Now he's talking in tongues, and you know. And I'm just like, so I just I was so encouraged to hear that because I was just meeting him at the end of multiple God ordained priests who were ministering the power of God unto him. And I want to say that's that's what we need to build here, people. Amen. Come on. So, so we're going to talk the next couple of weeks about more of your kingly role, the kingship role that we need to play. But I want to say, as a church, guys, there are there are multiple opportunities for ministry in this house. You know, I'm I'm, I'm so grateful for everyone who who is serving and plugging in and doing something somewhere. God's really been speaking to me a lot about youth ministry, and and reaching into high schools next year, into twenty nineteen. What about you? What about you? If if you're interested in that, come chat to me. Let me know because I'm going to get some people together, and we're going to we're going to hit we're going to hit the schools, people next year, and we're going to hit them with the gospel. We're going to hit them hard, and we're going to go pull in a harvest. But maybe that's what God's called you for, to minister to young people and to disciple them and help them through that awkward stage of life. Remember that stage. and Be patient with them. What about marriage counseling? How many ministries were mentioned there? I mean, I could go on about what what about finding young couples and helping them journey towards marriage and helping them and ministering into them and sharing from your life experience and having them in your home what about healing and prayer ministry we've got a 24 7 prayer room that's under construction up here but it's also going to be a healing room who here is going to go after the gifts of healings like and 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 take that ministry and 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 Open prayer slots where people can come and bring the sick and we can minister healing to them in our prayer room. Is that your ministry? Is that what God has put on your heart? What about our running our 24 pray, 7 prayer room in and our, and our intercession? Where, where is the leader who will step up and say, Intercession is my ministry? It's, what, it's my ministry unto the body. What about addiction recovery? We have addicts amongst us this morning. We, we're, there's various addictions in this room here this morning. How th- th- that should bother us, amen? Christ came to set us free. So there's, there's incredible tools and opportunities, and what about let's, let's get some people who are struggling with addictions together and let's minister the grace of God unto them so that we can have a body that's healthy, So I want want you to know, I want to lift up your eyes this morning. I can keep going. I've got a list. (laughs) All right? I've just mentioned a few. I can keep going. The point is this. Where is your ministry? In the body of Christ. Don't think this, okay? Your priesthood. Don't think this. That your job is to attend faithfully at church. That's not your job. Jesus never asked you to attend faithfully at church. You might be like, yeah, you know what? I, I I made four Sundays this month. I'm like, Jesus, you love me now. You know, I mean, he never asked you. And, and you think by being faithful because you showed up and then you went to the, the marketplace ministry and then you showed up and you went to Connect Group and you showed up and you went to... I don't know, the women's event, that you've attended faithfully, that you've done your priestly role. Faithfulness, according to Jesus, is actually fruitfulness. In the parable of the talents, he gave ten, five, and two talents to different people. And he said, go and do business until I come. And the ones that multiplied the talents, what did he call them? Good and faithful servants. The one that didn't do anything with their talent, that just had it, he called wicked and lazy. <laughs> okay, um, Faithfulness is not what God wants from us. He wants fruitfulness. He wants you to flow in your ministry. He wants you to impact other people's lives. He wants you to gather people. He wants you to be a teacher of the word. He wants you to be a prayer minister, healing, prophecy. He wants you to take on this identity as priest and walk in it. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning.